Awesome. Well, thank you, Debbie. And uh, hello, everybody. Uh, we're, I'm excited to be studying God's Word with you this morning um, as we continue our uh, study in the book of Hebrews. Um, but before we get into that, it has been an absolutely beautiful nine months of transitioning to the Oregonian life. Uh, Riley and I and Tobias have uh, really enjoyed it. We love going on walks outside, um, and it's been especially beautiful. But, but one thing I've learned about uh, this area, the Willamette Valley, is that um, if you see some clouds in the sky, you might get a little wet. You might get wet. Sometimes you're not going to but sometimes you're probably going to. And so what we've learned is if we're going to go on a walk, we're going to, we're going to grab our raincoats and, and we're going to pack them with us just in case because we don't want to get drenched or, you know, chance it. So we grab our raincoats and we go for a walk. We also have learned that we probably shouldn't trust the weatherman because oftentimes it'll be sunny on the weather app and pouring down rain elsewhere. Um, but we're, we're learning, we're adapting to this awesome uh, climate, and we love it. Uh, but when we're on our walk, and we're like a mile into our walk, uh, and it just starts pouring down sheets of rain, it's probably a good idea to have your raincoat with you, to be prepared. And, and so we have been prepared, and, and we throw on our raincoats, and, and we zip them up, and we throw on our hoods, and, and we're prepared we saw the warning above us of the cumulonimbus clouds and, and all of that, and we, we heeded that warning, and we became prepared, and so we coated up, and we're happy that we heeded that overcast warning. Well, like I said, we're continuing our uh, series here in Hebrews chapter 11, so if you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we're going to be in verse 7 today. And as we continue this series entitled, By Faith, today we're going to be looking at yet another example from the people of old, the Hall of Faith, as it's called, an ordinary man who steadfastly and persistently worked by faith. So turn with me in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, and it says this, By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. In our By Faith series, we are looking at some of the Old Testament greats. Last uh, Two weeks ago, Pastor Ed led us through the life of Abel and his supreme offering of worship. Last week, Pastor Derek showed us Enoch, who walked with God by faith. And now this week, we turn to Noah. We turn to Noah, who is actually Enoch's great-grandson, the obedient worker by faith. In verse 7 of Hebrews 11, Noah is warned by God concerning the events that are yet unseen. So we're going to turn then to the book of Genesis, where the actual story of Noah is recorded and contained. So turn with me to the book of Genesis, and we're going to be in chapter 6. Now, the, the story of Noah is one of the most epic 
stories recorded in the Bible, along with like stories of the Red Sea crossing and, and the ten plagues in Egypt, and many, many others. But the flood is one of my favorite accounts because it's just so grandiose. And often, it's also so fixated on by the secularists, thought as the tale that breaks the Bible's validity. But as we're going to find out through the Genesis account of the flood, this type of ignorance of God's active and working hand is not only common today, but was also in the days of Noah. So as we look to chapter 6 of Genesis, we are immediately met with the reality of the situation here. We read in verse 5 that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. That every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And in verse 6, it goes on to say that the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. But, continuing on in verse 8 and 9, there was but one man, Noah, who found favor in the eyes of the Lord and was a righteous man, a blameless man in his generation. Noah walked with God. We learned last week Enoch walked with God. And so in the same way Noah walked with God. Righteous and blameless. Two words that every Christ follower would love to have attached in hopes that those words are attached to them by the end of their life. And I know I do. Righteous and blameless. Basically, everyone knows that uh, Noah built an ark. Everybody knows Noah's ark, right? But something even more important than that, something more far more great than that was that he built for himself godly character and a godly family. Even more greatly, he built for himself godly character and a godly family. The rest of history is, is formed by this man's character, is formed by his God-fearing family. And we'll get more to this um, as we get back into Hebrews 11. But this faithful man who worked for God who walked with God like his great-grandfather Enoch and listened to God's covenant promise, acted by faith. Because true faith demands action. God spoke, Noah built. God gave specifics, so Noah measured out. God gathered the animals, and so Noah organized and cared for them on the ark. And none of this happened overnight, obviously, right? Noah was, was just short of being 500 years old. Yes, you hear that? 500 years old. Uh, when he started this gig, after God called him and made a covenant with Noah, he said he was like five, just short of 500 years old, and he didn't enter the ark until he was 600. So that's well over 100 years of obedience. That's well over a hundred years of persistent work. This ordinary man did the extraordinary all within a fraction of his life. His long, long life. 950 years. And only a hundred of that was the epic flood tale. 
just to give context. So yes, the story is epic and extremely grand, but what we rush all over, or what we rush over all too often is the many years of gluing, the many years of waterproofing the underside of the boat, the many years of fastening joints and gathering hay and food sources, all while being mocked. The reality is the long game. It didn't happen in a day. It happened over a hundred years. Now I would imagine that that requires quite a bit of patience. Psalm 32 uh, verse 9 reads this. God says, Do not be like the horse or like the mule. As the commentator writes, the horse sometimes wants to rush ahead and, and impetuously, and the mule wants to drag its feet and stubbornly stay back. But Noah walked with God and worked for God and let God arrange the schedule. Are you and I walking with God? Are we working for God? Are we letting God arrange our schedules? Let's let that sink in. Are, are we walking with God like Noah and Enoch? Are we working for God? Are we letting God arrange our schedules and our timelines? So the floodwaters came and Noah and his family were saved. Over a year in the ark, God brought them finally to dry land and from them humanity restarted. The wickedness of man was washed away and a covenant was made between God and man that no longer, never again, will man be blotted from the earth by a great flood. By faith, Noah, in reverent fear of the Lord, built an ark for the saving of his family. By this, Noah condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes only by faith. So this is where we flip back to our Hebrews passage, where we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, where we've been sitting. And we see that Noah, by his faith, through his walking with the Lord, was warned. He was given caution about these future events, events yet unseen. And because of his reverent fear, he was saved. His family was saved. God gave Noah and his family salvation from the deadly flood because Noah feared the Lord. And no, that doesn't mean that Noah was scared of God, even though a God that is going to bring a world-covering flood is something to be kind of scared of. This doesn't mean what Noah was fearing. He was not fearing God, but rather he understood God's power. He understood God's response to sin. It's important that he knew that to fear God is to revere Him by His character, and to worship Him in awe of His love. That is to fear God. Noah accomplished two things through his uh, acts of obedience. And we see that in verse 7, where it says, In reverent fear, he constructed an ark for the saving of his family of this household. By this, number one, he condemned the world. Number two, he became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. He first condemned the world and secondly became an heir of righteousness, which means God imputed righteousness to him. Firstly, he condemned the world and in his condemning, uh, it was through his witness. It was by his actions. 
especially in building the ark, all those years that the world had likely never even seen a flood. So building an ark seems purposeless and pointless. Noah followed God obediently for over 100 years of building, which gave ample opportunity to those who thought it was, there was no point in building a giant ark. And maybe Noah even reached out to them and said, hey, build your own ark for your own family, for God will save you in the act of obedience. But no one listened. No one heard his warning. No one turned to God. 100 years is a long time is a lot of chances. We read in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, it's Jesus speaking here, and he's speaking about his, his second coming. He's speaking about his return, and he refers back to the days of Noah. It reads in verse 38 that, For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. See, the people in Noah's days, they were, they were stuck in worrying about the now. They were stuck in the pleasantries of the world that they ignored the impending flood, their impending doom. The preface to this passage in Matthew is all about that which is not yet seen. The second coming of Christ is, is unknown to all but the Father. The coming flood was not known to anyone in Noah's day but God until it came. Noah was saved because he believed God. He entrusted his whole self to God. Everything, his family, his belongings, his self, entrusted to God. And all who did not hear with their hearts the clear word of God through Noah's actions and words, his faith, they were swept away to their deaths. And today we have been warned. In the Matthew passage, uh, uh, chapter 24, uh, verse 42 continues on saying, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Be alert. Be ready. You don't know when Jesus is coming back, but He's coming. Be ready. And what a glorious day that's going to be. I am so stoked for that day when Jesus comes back and for those of us who are in relationship with Him, we are, we are brought up with Him. We have been prepared. We are equipped. We are ready. We are eternally focused right now. Come Lord Jesus. And in the same way as with Noah, God has imputed that righteousness to us. He views us as His Son. We are eternally secure because of Christ. His work. So let's put in the work. There are those among us who are not secure. Those among us who maybe their faces are popping up in your mind right now who don't know Christ or who have rejected 
the truth continuously. We ought to be the bearers of this warning. This warning that Jesus is returning. He's coming soon to take up with Him His bride and judge the world. Those faces that are in your mind right now, those, those co-workers, those, those friends, those family members, those who are not yet ready, how are you expressing your faith to them? How are we expressing our faith to them? Are you walking with God? Are you working every day in the mundane for God? Are you letting God control your life, your family, your downtime, your interactions? Oh, how great the need is for us to model this faith today. In a society that has turned against God towards ignorance and arrogance, who has become each of them gods in their own eye? God wants us to, and the world needs us to, live by this faith. God wants us to, and the world needs us to live by this faith. And yeah, that's the 30,000 foot view. Absolutely. But there's an even closer view just like we were saying earlier where, where Noah was building an ark and he's speaking God's truth, but even more importantly than those big things, Noah built for himself godly character and a godly family. This is all accomplished within your control, believer. This is all within your control and within your home. How are you building in practices for yourself for your spouse, for your children that draw you closer to Christ in the mundane, in the everyday, in the life before the ark, in the life before the great epic flood, before the exciting and epicness parts of your life. We can do that this week. We can do that tomorrow. We can have conversations with those around us that we care about who are not in relationship with Christ and with those who we do care about who are. We've been given the warning of Christ's return and we are prepared with the message of the Gospel. So let us all grab our rain jackets. Let's, we are prepared. Let's grab our rain jackets and let's go put in some work living by faith.